We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, L Nation? Welcome to Lucky Lefty Lefty Podcast. I'm sounding okay, Left? Uh, it's, it's good. Right. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. The Anora Boys are back in the house. AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. If you're going to drink, you drink by all means. You have to make sure that you drink responsibly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Got, got responsible. You know, we had the show all set up. And, uh, we said we were going to wait until everything was official. And I guess, you know, the official guy, guy like Woj and Sean, Sean, the official guys for the NBA, you can know something is going to happen. But until they, they tell, no one really believes it. I like the Woj comparison. Yeah. So, so I guess Pete Thamel is, is like the now college football Woj, per mm. se. Like when he, he tweets something, even though Eric, Eric Hansen literally, literally published the story. Locally, we like they go pretty much, much the same thing about the Eric Hansen. But um, yeah, yeah, yesterday we get we allowed you to give your initial, initial thoughts. Let's dig a little bit deeper in, in situation. Uh, Wake first quarterback Sam Hartman 
tends to go into the transfer portal and, and from all from everything we're hearing or have heard he's coming to Notre Dame and if he's coming to Notre Dame this this is the kick kicker you said yesterday today you said Sam Hartman's not coming to Notre Dame to sit on the bench no no and especially if we somehow got him to not go into the transfer portal. He's coming out of the transfer portal. I mean, out of, uh, I'm sorry, out of going to the NFL. He's definitely credentialed enough to get some looks, you know, be in some senior games, be in the combine. He chose to take a step from making that step, which a lot of guys would. A lot of guys would go to the NFL with a, with a record like Sam Hartman. But when Notre Dame gets on that phone and calls you, you can tell that it's almost more valuable to go to Notre Dame for one season, knowing you're going to play a lot better. You're going to be on a national stage and garner more attention. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in a position where you're playing against the top guys in the country, a chance to actually win something. Because let's be honest, Sam Hartman hasn't won anything. No. No. So it's not like we're getting a Heisman winner coming or a Jalen Hurts situation where he's a national championship at Alabama or something crazy. This is an unproven guy that saw Notre Dame as an opportunity to get closer to getting drafted higher in the NFL. That's what this is about. So when he got on that phone with Tommy, Tommy probably broke it down to him. He said, you see what we did with Jack Holmes? <laughs> now just imagine you and your numbers and not being a backup coming to Notre Dame for a season. We're not asking for not for much. We're gonna we're gonna bring you in here, shower you with everything you need to be successful, and you take us as far as you want to go. That's a valuable conversation to have if you're Sam Hartman and, and Tommy Reese on why you won't go to the NFL and take another season in college when you're already a fifth year, you're a sixth year right now. And it's trending in college football to have a, a very old quarterback can take you pretty far during the season. Hendon Hooker showed us last year uh, being 26 years old. Max Dugan, 26 years old, 25 mm -hmm. years old, uh, playing in the college football playoffs. So uh, having a guy that's of age is shown that it helps in the stat department, but also it can take you a little further along the way. So I think he's better than Jack Cone. Better than uh, Drew Pine, better than Tyler Buckner at this moment, and, and probably rivals a, a, a Ian Book. Maybe not in production, but from a talent standpoint, at least we're trying to to raise the level of athlete at that position, and also try to bring in some more wins. But do I think he's a championship caliber quarterback? He hasn't won anything, and I'm not giving much credit to the ACC because this is big boy football now. Her name is ACC football, uh, and, and our relationship is one-sided. So all the accolades, you know, you can only do so much with them when you're at Notre Dame. But this is the time for both guys to prove their resume and that they can not only work together, but try to come out with a playoff win and maybe a championship. Sam Hartman, 3,701 yards last year, 38 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. QBR 
quarterback rating of 151.2, 64% completion percentage, 280 yards per game, average of three touchdowns per game. That'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It's just the, the way he plays, you know you're going to get more shots down the field. You know you're going to get more chances for the receivers because he likes to throw outside the, uh, the hash marks. I think it's something that we've been missing, and it would be refreshing as a team and as an offense to have. But I don't think it's the refreshment of a nice lemonade on a hot summer day where it'll really cool our palate and give us a chance to to really, you know, take it to the top. I think a 10 and 2 season's on the horizon with a guy like Sam Yeah, uh, I can see that. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. We cover college football unlike anybody else. State of recruiting and our other shows, our boy John Garcia Jr. We'll get into him or not pause. Not get into him, but we'll get to him later in the week as he's covering the All-Star game. Like, uh, uh, who said that? Uh, Jalen Hurts said that in the uh, – No, 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 no. Uh, um, our guy up here, Justin Fields. Said it during the press conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it during the press like, conference. Bro, Justin, you think about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, boy. But, no, we cover football like any anybody else, man. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. <laughs> so, Yo, Matt Calhoun, we appreciate you. He chimes in. He says, Notre Dame is being dirty to Tyler Buckner. How do you feel about that, love? It's not about feeling dirty to Tyler Buckner. It's more so we have to advance this program because of where the expectations are. I mean, damn, if we was Carolina or Tulsa or something, Tyler Buckner would be the number one and we wouldn't be looking for a transfer. But in a win-now culture with the transfer portal being hot, it's, it's, you have to do it right now. Tyler can develop, but the thing about Tyler is what we always say. When you get hurt and you're not available, it's only so much you can do. Unfortunately, this ain't the program where we can wait the two or three years like some programs happen to do to let their guy recover and bounce back. Unfortunately, it's that window where it's a great opportunity for you this week. Great opportunity for your audition tape. Not that it may change the future of starting next year, but it'll it'll have you included in next year. <laughs> I think if you don't play great in this tape, you're not getting included next year. That's Sam Hartman's year. <laughs> so I think a lot is riding on uh, this game, but I think it's good for Tyler to be in a position like this so he can make some decisions for himself. Let's say he doesn't do well, and he's like, okay, I've seen enough. I got three years left like Drew Pine, and I'm going to take my show on the road, get ready for next season somewhere else. Or he can find that that groove that Tyler Buckner, I mean that uh, Tommy Reese is going to give him during the game. And if he flourishes, you'll see some more Tyler Buckner packages next year, but I don't think you'll see Tyler start. At best, you'll see some packages like he did with Cone. So let's talk about the package and what Sam Hartman might bring. He comes from a Wake Forest offense 
where they ran the mesh concept, which was schematically good for them because they are talent uh, less. Less. No, I want to say talent less, yeah. but the talent that they bring in is yeah comparable to other top teams. It allows them to be able to take advantage of certain things. They really have some, but man, I tell you, if I if we could bring AD Perry over with Sam Hartman as well, that wide receiver they have. Oh, number nine, <laughs> number nine. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I would, take, I would definitely take him. But Charlie Jones for next year. Yeah, the system was able to put up points. They were effectively able to run the ball, and Sam Hartman did a very good job of being able to see the mesh similar to RPOs. I don't know how much is going to be used when he comes to Notre Dame in that particular concept because he's comfortable with it. But from the intel we've gotten, and I think Brian Driscoll put it up on Irish Breakdown's message board as well, this for Sam Hartman is a business move, right? This is to get him a better look on the next level. In order to have a better look, he feels like he needs to get out of that mesh system and go to more of a pro-style system to be able to show his ability in that system so that scouts can say, okay, this is not a guy that's just really good because of a system. He's actually a good quarterback. He's going to get that opportunity at Notre Dame. and the play action with this running game and this offensive line, he's going to have the best weapons afforded to him than he's had in his entire career. And that's a beautiful thing. And Tommy, the challenge for him now, I don't care who you get, you still have to build around the skill set of that quarterback. You might have something that you want to do, but you have to fit what you want to do around the skills of said quarterback. And that's right. for every that's for every quarterback in the room. That's for Tyler, Kenny, Steve, Ron, everybody. Everybody should have something within Tommy's framework that allows them to be the best that they can be. 100%. I think it'll be interesting too to see how a guy that's coming from a different system can translate in one half of offseason or what offseason and be able to come out on fire. Even the great Joe Burrow didn't have the season that he had in the second one in his first. And we know about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had a really good uh, first year at Notre Dame. I mean, at LSU, but he wasn't the Joe Burrow of the next year. Right. And I think that just goes for no matter how good you are, you need some time to grow in a new offense. And Tommy's offense isn't, one, two, three, A, B, C, either. <laughs> I think uh, coming from Wake Forest, you know, he's going to have a lot of similar concepts, a lot of uh, terminology maybe a little different, but the concepts are the concepts. I just think that it comes down to can Tommy really get in a groove with this guy and have plays where we feel like y'all have an actual connection. I don't think Tommy's had an actual connection with his quarterback since Ian, maybe. Mm. I think Jack Cohn was a good experiment, but you were running two different offenses when you had Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner. I mean, they were they were literally a twisted ankle from turning the team over to Tyler Buckner <laughs> and going away from Jack Cohn. Like, so that, that goes to your point, love. So it's going to be interesting to see how Sam adjusts as soon as he gets into school. He needs to make the decision sooner before later. 
just so he can get his start. I'm sure they've been talking right after the game. Tommy probably sent them some stuff. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to how much of an, a dynamic athlete he can he can be as well as having the offense down well enough to execute. Because it's one thing to know what you're doing, and mm -hmm. it's another thing to be comfortable in what you're doing to be able to play at your best. So, yeah, he may know all the stuff on the board and get up there and draw everything up, cool, cool, cool. But if you're not making all the reads as fast as you can, then you're not playing as at a high level like you was at Wake. And it'll be different. Different offensive line. You're going to have some trees to see over. <laughs> different, different defensive line. Your practices every day are going to be more challenging than what you've had on a consistent basis at Wake Forest. So this is a step up for Sam Hartman, who's trying to get to the NFL, which is a good bridgeway to play in a Notre Dame season before you go to the NFL, but it's also a harder challenge. This is not an easier thing for Sam going into it, which I think he'll have some struggles early, but hopefully by the time uh, November, December rolls around, they'll figure it out. Low key, the happiest room when this news broke is the receivers. Thank you. <laughs> the receivers were probably in the hotel in somebody's room like, oh, we're about to eat. We got a chance. We're about to eat next year, we bro. We got a chance. Yeah, yeah. So I see people in the chat saying, dude, we're not burying Tyler Buckner. He's not available. He hasn't improved. And you said it yesterday. He's not Marcus Freeman's guy. He's just that – Unfortunately, he's, he's not Marcus Freeman's quarterback. You don't have that loyalty. And that's a real thing. Spencer Rattler, going through his situation, it was bad, but he had Lincoln Riley. And through all the ups and downs, Lincoln Riley had his back. Because I was his guy. Mm -hmm. When it's not your guy, you don't have to have his back like that. And that's where it can get messy. So Tyler doesn't have the complete backing. Coach Freeman would never say it. But, but Coach Freeman also knows, okay, I want to have my own class, my own quarterback. Sam is a bridgeway, so I can't even take that into full account. I can take credit for it. Mm -hmm. But I want to grow like with a guy like Kenny Mitchie, CJ Carr. And if Tyler Buckner can do great, That'll be good for us, but we're not depending on Tyler to be great for Marcus Freeman's there. Well, look, we said there were going to be some conversations after this bowl game for this entire roster. There are going to be some guys on this roster that have to decide what they want to do, right? Because there is a youth movement. Marcus Freeman talked about that. We'll get to Marcus Freeman and his comments from yesterday. And also, the quarterback room has to change. It has to change. You know what? This We're going to talk about the best things about Notre Dame football in 2022. This Sam Hartman move might be one of the best things. Like, we literally might have to put it on the list. Yeah. Right? Because yes. it is a bridge. Someone said, is he a better option than Hudson Carr? Look. Hudson Carr has three years, so yes, he's better than Hudson Carr. But see, Hudson Carr is, once again, would not be – Marcus Freeman's guy. It wouldn't be Marcus Freeman's guy. And I think what we're missing, you know, are there better options out there? You can, you can debate that. 
They wanted a guy that can come in and play one year. Why? Because they still believe if they can get Tyler to lock in, that he could be a really good quarterback. Just off his potential and what he's done in spring practice and in fall practice last year. Or this year, shall I say. They believe they have a darn good quarterback coming in in January. That should be ready to go about it. That should be ready to contend for a starting job by the time he's a sophomore. Like Bryce Young did. Like C.J. Stroud did. And then they have another guy coming behind him. So they don't need a guy. Got the natural order. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they're not looking for a guy to play two or three years. So Hudson Card just wouldn't it just wouldn't fit in the formula. And the other thing that they wanted, but they wanted somebody with ex- considerable playing experience. That's not Hudson Card. Because no. we will be better off with Tyler in that case. Well, not yeah. better off. I don't know. It would be about even. But it's hard to pass up a guy that's played three or four years straight, bunch of accolades, bunch of experience, maybe not at the same level of competition week to week, but you could do something with a guy that's comfortable uh, being out there. I don't really feel like Tyler ever got comfortable being out there in the starting role. Maybe we didn't get a chance to see him uh, stay healthy long enough. Mm-hmm. He never looked like, okay, I'm I'm doing this on a consistent basis. It looked like he was in there being like, damn, I don't know how much longer I got. So I got to run hard every time. <laughs> I got to make the right read every time. So I think it's just an opportunity for Tyler Buckner and Sam Hartman. I want to see that relationship. Is Sam going to come in and help raise the floor, not the ceiling, of the room? and be able to help Tyler and and develop Tyler as well? Can Tyler learn from this guy, Sam Hartman? Or is it literally we're bringing in a special operations guy one year, go in there and kill it, do your thing, and then we can scrap the year after this? So is this going to be a stacking year, or is this another bridge year? Well, another thing, down the stretch, Sam Hartman against North Carolina State, 30-21 30 to 21 loss. He was 29 to 48 for 387. Two touchdowns, three interceptions. Then they lost to North Carolina, 36-34. They lost to North Carolina. Yeah, 18 to 31 for 320. Four touchdowns, one interception. Then they played Syracuse. They got the win. 45-35. He was 30 to 43. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. And then they lost the last regular season game to Duke, 34-31. to That was a battle. Two really good quarterbacks with the Leonard Kidd on the other side. 26-42, 347, three touchdowns, one interception. And then his last game in a Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl <laughs> against Missouri. 27-17 win. He was 23-36, 280 yards, three touchdowns. One interception. It's nothing to wow at. You know. He he is who he is, though. He is. And look, and what did we ask? We couldn't get consistency from the quarterback room. 
no. at least with Sam Hartman, you feel like he might not be great, but I know he's going to give me 250 a game. And, and minimal. Yeah, he, he gave you 280 at Wake Forest, but he was asked to throw the ball a whole lot more than he'll be asked to throw at oh. Notre Dame. We threw the ball 39% of the time last 39% year. 39% of the time last year, Notre Dame threw the ball. Oh, this I year. It would still be less than 50, maybe maybe 45%. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change life for Sam Hartman. Yeah. I would just be like, look, I'm going to give you a couple more throws. Thanks. <laughs> and you'll be better in some situations where I wish we would have thrown more. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to be like, all right, we're scrapping what we're doing. We're running the football. We're going to throw the ball 60 times a game because your name is Sam Hartman. I don't think that's the thing. But I also think it will be better for Sam to potentially not get exposed. You know, you don't want to jump into a new offense throwing 30, 40 times a game. You're going to have a lot of picks. Just just naturally. So I think it'll be a great balance of play action where he's going to take the shots deep. He's not going to hold the ball forever. But he's also going to be in, in spots where third and eight, third and four, things that we was skipping the, skipping the ball with. Sam will be in some good positions to make that happen. But I don't think, like you said, it'll get higher than 45% that we're throwing the football. Well, we shouldn't. Talk about the impact on defenses. Now, you got that great offensive line, great running back room, talented wide receiver. Offensive coordinators are like, wait a minute, they got Sam Hartman, bro. That this dude can pre, he can pre-snap. No, he can pre-snap. He can pre-snap. He can pre-snap, knows what he's doing. He's a leader. I think his experience is going to give exactly. something to think about. Slow them down from being so aggressive in the box and doing third, certain third things. Down totally, different. totally different. That's he where the key. Number two for the first time in six years on third down. Just because I think that they'll respect the experience of him. Mm. And be like, okay, this is an easy look. So for a young guy like Tyler, we can put everybody on the line and send them. You know, a guy like this, we may want to show a different look here and there. Give him something to think about. But, you know, the numbers shake down to what they are and will always be. You are who you are. So I don't think that – I think he'll play better, but I don't think he's going to be, oh, my gosh, where do we steal this guy from kind of impact. <laughs> well, we expect him to be better because that's what Notre Dame does to quarterbacks. Brings them in, puts them in a position to look better than they look at their previous stop, i.e., Jack Cohn, I think the same thing is going to happen for Sam Hartman. I will say this. If you watch him play, he is a tremendous leader. There's a reason he had the C on his chest, and he controls that huddle. He absolutely controls that huddle. Yeah, but you had a place where the talent isn't – the talent will challenge your leadership where you're going to have guys. That's not a bad thing, though, is it? It's not a bad thing. It's it's something of an adjustment. I think guys don't see Sam Hartman walking into the locker room being like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's Sam, Hartman, Sam Hartman. Right, 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 right. I think right, guys right, are going to be like, man, you better come in here and throw me the ball. Because <laughs> if not, we could go back to running around with Tyler Buckner, but you're supposed to come in here and 
earn your respect. And I think that's going to change some of the leadership aspects for Sam. Sam's not going to be used to that. Back at Wake Forest, he probably can do no wrong. And those guys respect him heavily, a lot of it because he is talented. But there's not a lot of talent on Wake Forest that's like, man, you ain't all that. You know, so I think there's going to be a level of respect that he has to earn. But I think he's going to be all right. You know, like I said, I think he's the best quarterback since Ian. The best direction we've taken in, in trying to make that position a threat. So I think he's going to have a lot of success at 10 and 2. That's just my projection for him. I think he's going to be better than uh, what Drew had, a better leader than what Jack was, and maybe a better playmaker than, than, uh, than uh, Ian Book. We can get all three of those things going. We really might have something to work with. Once again, once again, size at the quarterback position is going to be a discussion had. Um, he's listed as 6'1", 6'2", by certain publications. 5'10", five, five, in real life. No, I, I'll give I'll give him six feet. But he's sturdy, though. Yeah. He's sturdy. You yeah, know, he's got that uh that old man body, you know, <laughs> being a light 185. He got some some edges to him, you know, some hidden some hidden pounds around yeah. his, around his core. Can take a hit or two. He's an ACC quarterback that has played the ACC schedule, so that will be something that will be a smooth transition coming over, being used to a lot of teams on Notre Dame's schedule. But Sam Hartman. I don't know if you know this, but let the Lucky Lucky Pack podcast be the first to tell you. You're being brought into this program to beat Ohio State, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, dude, we've, they're not going to get a quarterback to just win 10 games. They're not going to get a quarterback just to get some depth. They're going to find I somebody. I like, I like Sam Hartman over who Ohio State has. Oh, It'll be a first-time starter, and hey, that's a that's a that's a plus for us already. Because if we was going into that game with Tyler Buckner, I'd be like, ah, I like TB, but he ain't got a. What does he have more over the Ohio State quarterback who's never played? Not much. At least I know we're going into Ohio State with a better quarterback, and it's a home game, so that's the benefit in the in the alley oop. That Sam Hartman is bringing, yeah, you would. Chris Paul alley you. Now mm -hmm. we just gotta go dunk it. Now we just gotta go dunk it. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Left as he comes in, it's gonna be a very interesting spring when we head down there for the pro day and then start looking at the first two or three practices of the spring season. Um, very interesting how he comes in. You know, being a captain in another program. And coming into another program, uh, does he come in aggressively, you know, inserting himself into the program? Does he play the laid back approach and kind of just prove himself over time? It's going to be interesting to see how he, no pun intended, meshes with the Notre Dame football players during weightlifting with Matt Bayless and all the all-season workouts. Just don't hang with Tommy too much. He might tell you who to hang with. Yeah, come on, man. There you go. Come on, man. We don't need no Tommy influence on Sam Harvey. Let him come in, 
figure out his feet, his footing, you know, let him let him naturally get along with the guys he gets along with will be fun. <laughs> Lucky lefty podcast. <laughs> Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation, and conjunctual Irish breakdown. You already know. We spin it different. You are a fool, my brother. I just want to tell you. You are all right. Don't get in his head. Just let him do his thing, man. He got one year. Do not mess it up. (laughs) Man. Oh, man. Look, Marcus Freeman did meet with the media. I don't know what high school they were at. Well, I know the name because it was in our media package. But, dude, that dude. They definitely found a random high school in a random neighborhood. It was a, you know, you know how it is traveling back from the holiday with your family to get to the bowl game. Um, everybody's on their own accord coming from where they are, and they have to get to the location, the destination by a certain time. With the weather all over the nation being absolutely bananas, bananas. delays, especially for the kids coming out of St. Louis, if they were trying to connect with Chicago because Chicago, Midway and O'Hare were an absolute, uh, absolute mess for the past three days. And it's still some residue from that. And then a lot of the kids that were coming from the West Coast had some issues. Uh, the Adamiolas arrived late, some other guys. So that's just some of the um, issues you have, you know, coming back from the holiday when kids are coming from various directions to get to the bowl destination and the bowl location. You've been through it, left. Man, I saw the I saw the baggage claim in, in Texas. Crazy. Did you see the one in Toronto, though? I didn't see the one in Toronto. Oh, the, dude, the, the one in Toronto looked like a swap of rama. <laughs> like, like the sloth and swap meat. It, it, <laughs> the one in Texas was bad. They, they had the whole floor covered. I don't know how you would leave the airport without your shit. Man. I ain't leaving. I'm taking somebody bags if it ain't my own. I'm taking somebody's shit. I ain't going to walk out off the plane with nothing. So I, I don't know how they're going to clean it up. It's going to be a while before they clean that thing up. Man. But definitely, <laughs> a lot of uh, UPS bags sent out. But definitely coming into wherever you're coming from, especially off of a holiday, flying in, you got some of the rust, the little holiday spirit still on you. So the first two days is going to be shaking that out, getting back and locked in into a football focus, especially – when you're when you're uh, haven't been around your guys, you know Notre Dame's a particular different place because guys are literally coming from all over. It's not like guys are just centrally located in Indiana, and we just taking bus trips to get to back to school. No, no, no. We got guys from <laughs> California, Texas, Florida, Canada. Yeah, we got a guy coming from Canada, so you already know that everybody's mind is going to be on something else. <laughs> Especially, you know, get off that plane. Everybody will talk about the travel. I was so hard to get here, this, that, the third. But the first two days is more of the reset. And then after that, you get back into it. Yeah. I see Jock Guy, Jay Henry. He said, uh, you know, we're saying 10 and 2. We didn't say he was going to beat Ohio State. We're saying that's why he's being brought in. Oh, yeah. It, we're not bringing you in to beat no Navy, even no. though that's been a good game for us. No. He's being brought in to beat Ohio yeah, State. No, Ohio State potentially. Dude, we just beat Clemson with Drew Pine. Like that 
Clemson is something we know we can do. When Draymond say it ain't no rivalry between us, us and yeah. Memphis, we we it's know right. we can beat Clemson. It's just a matter of showing up and playing good on the road. It's gonna be a tough game. Show up and play, and sure. dominate in the trenches. Right? They're losing a lot defensively. It's a transition year for them, and we come back with a lot of players that have played a lot of ball. We should beat Clemson. Yes, Clemson is not the one of the teams I was thinking we was gonna lose to. Yeah, the two the two games that Sam Hartman has to show up, SC and Ohio State. <laughs> Absolutely. We're saying that it's December 27, yes. 2022. Those yes. are the games that's going to matter next year. Yeah. Absolutely. And I Ryan Lofton said, yeah, you know, Pine really didn't play that well against Clemson. So you're right. He didn't. So that's even more reason why we should go to South Carolina and bang on Clemson kick the rock over, do all that stuff. <laughs> do everything. And Push just walk out the building. building. All of that. Flip the buses, whatever you want to do. We Flip owe them the a game, too. Three game. We definitely owe them a game out there, too. Yeah, it's like, dude, no. I think this program, the next step is Ohio State. Yes. That's that's the next step for this program. He's burnt, he's. It's a two-game season for yeah. him. Because and at the team point, yes, this is the time to get Ohio State since damn near Terrell Pryor. <laughs> yes, this is this is the time to jump on an Ohio State team right yes. now. Yes, right now, because they have never been weaker at that QB position, and since Terrell Pryor, and that's when I was in. You know, taking my backpack to school, having my mom pack my lunch. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's like now, it's a wounded animal. We got to just take him out. Don't even let him hang around. Yep. The first time we've had a better quarterback than Ohio State since Terrell Pryor. Yep. You're looking at a team that will have first time, first time starting tackles. They're losing their tackles to the NFL. Yeah. First time starting quarterback. Brand new running back. Brand new running back. Uh, well, Travion's a sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. I take that back. Yeah, he be Yeah, he still gets hurt a lot. Travion to be back. The receivers will be back. So I mean, look, the receivers will be a problem. Not if nobody can throw it to him. <laughs> they gonna look like a real Big Ten team next year for sure. Look, it's going to be challenging, but he's being brought here to beat Ohio State. And it's, 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 it's an easier Ohio State too. And dude, you get Ohio State to go to what you said. If you're gonna do it, 2023 has to be the year because you get Ohio State and SC at home. It's the transition of the guard. This is how we. This is how we move into that right championship tier, beating these teams that we're finally put together better than. It ain't no more underdogs the whole season. No. No. Even in the SC game, I think we have a quarterback that can win. I mean, you look at the Utah's quarterback. I don't think he's better than Caleb, but I think that Utah quarterback is pretty damn tough. Utah knows how to beat them, <laughs> which is a similar game plan that Notre Dame has to take. Has to take. Utah was mad aggressive. They were not about to allow Caleb Williams to sit back in the pocket. No. And they got popped early, but they stayed with it. 
And they stayed with it. They stayed with it. We didn't get to drop in our best pass rushers and pass coverage now that we got them on their toes and all that super creative stuff. We Utah was like, we're sitting four and five. And we're and we and we're going hard. We play a man behind. Shoot, and then we might switch up to his own and catch you slipping or something. We, you know, Utah plays how Utah plays really well, and you would think that they had five star defenders on their team. You got little like number little twenty. He may have been a two star in high school, man, out there making plays. So it's like Utah knows how to get the most out of their players. Which is something I think we'll see from Notre Dame, except our players will be better earlier on, and you'll see them flash a lot earlier, like Ben Morrison flashed yep. that freshman. I don't think under Brian Kelly, Ben Morrison would have even been able to have the chance to flash like he did. So I think that this is a change of guard in a lot of sense, and Marcus Freeman going to put them freshmen in. You got to. You got to. Yeah, and on top of that, look, there is something to be said for conference familiarity. Kyle Winningham is just confident and familiar with USC. Kyle, <laughs> like, what coach you got? We <laughs> Lincoln Riley coming to USC didn't change who USC was. They still, still want to throw the ball the around the yeah, around every dude. It's the same team. <laughs> Not physical, same team. Just a better quarterback. Better quarterback and new coach. And Utah was like, oh, oh, we good. We gonna keep doing this. Yeah, we doing the same thing we've been doing. Yes, same thing, right? Utah contained much better, right? They were disciplined with their pass rush. They didn't let them get outside. How many times did you see Notre Dame just aggressively go to the inside shoulder and allow Caleb to spin out a bounce outside? It wasn't the fact that they didn't get pressure early in the game. They just couldn't finish like Utah. Couldn't finish. They couldn't finish. And eventually, the lack of depth and the lack of size showed up in the third quarter. And from that point on, they just took them cats behind the shed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. It's, it's time to get whooped for real now. Yeah, this is a wrap. It's an absolute wrap. Marcus Freeman met with the media and he talked about preparation for the Gator Bowl and also what he's seen from the Rizzo Styles lately. You know, just again, a lot of those guys um, have been getting a lot of good reps, you know, from the Rizzo Styles and all those wide receivers. Um, he, he's had a really good bowl prep. I think we've gotten 10 practices in um, before we've gotten down here. And uh, he, he's done some good things in practice. And then bowl prep wise, did you find any differences or do any differences compared to last year when you were kind of taking the job over? Yeah, I think you have a whole year of data um, to kind of look and say, okay, how do we want to prepare um, for this opportunity? And, and you know, if, if you don't enhance what you're doing, you know, you're going to get passed by, and that's something I believe in, and, and that's part of challenge everything. So we've kind of looked at the structure of practice and, uh, um, you know, taking some of the ideas we had last year, some of the things we've done this year. Um, and then we've changed even during bowl practice in terms of how long we're practicing, what what type of practice it is. Um, we've had some good full padded tackle practices, um, you know, for, for our guys that need to tackle and need to get out here and uh, have some good live reps. 
I say one thing that Cat Marcus Freeman decided to go away from the ND hoodie and went to the off white joint. It looked clean too. A little, a little more dressy for the press conference for the ball game. Our people, Julio hit him up before he left town. Got yeah. the thing nice. Yeah, you know, Marcus Freeman is chilling. He's real comfortable with his uh in his coach attire. He probably got a stylist. I wouldn't be a surprise if he had got it. Probably his wife. His wife probably getting right every day before he go to work. But so, he's absolutely right, though. I think we all knew Lorenzo would play better once he got his guy back. In Tyler Buckner. You've and always I, said that has something to do with his play, but yeah, and he was depending on Tyler Buckner a lot going into the season. I'm sure they had lots of nights where they talked to each other in the room about what they can do together and, and things that they're seeing and the excitement playing together with Tyler So I think he's become a little more reinvigorated that the fact that Tyler Buckner is back in the saddle, feels more comfortable. He's probably running a lot faster. And and his head space is right. You know, he, he he's a very uh, locked-in individual. So now that he has his guy back, I think there's a trust factor that he knows that, okay, yeah, the play net might not be called to me, but if I'm open, he's going to give me a chance. And that makes receivers run faster, in my opinion. <laughs> like, that always made guys run faster with me because it was like, man, he may – he may not hit that the main guy, but he's gonna hit somebody. So yeah. we all have to run our routes. That's for sure. Shout out to the dog in the background. I'm like everybody in the chat, you know, first heard what Marcus Freeman was saying. I'm like, dude, what neighborhood are they in, man? <laughs> and I think before they even started, you know, one of the media types was like, Man, how did you guys find this place? Yeah. And uh he was like, Yeah, Ron Paulus and uh yeah, who's responsible for finding stuff? Somebody like that? said, dude, he put it on Ron Paulus. He was like, yeah, Ron Paulus uh, and someone else uh, found this spot. You know, we wanted a spot that was kind of off the beaten path, but not too far away, more than 45 minutes away to make the trip. So <laughs> they, probably, they probably in there talking like, why would you get this place? I get it, but why would you do that? <laughs> Marcus people like, come on, baby. You know, I want to be a little closer to the to the world. You got us out here practicing the boonies, man. Yeah, you know. It, it was funny. They like the communication between the media and Marcus before that. It was it was really funny yeah. about how how they ended up being in that spot. But it's good to hear what, like you said, Lorenzo Styles, who you know, there's rumors out there that he might be looking to transfer. You know, we'll see. There are going to be some conversations, some real conversations had. Like I said, with players, with the coaching staff, after this bowl game, and if the bowl game doesn't go well for some people. It's really going to be bad. Man, it's really going to be bad. You know, you got to shed that skin before the new year. Yeah. Well, I'm all for shedding the skin. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All of our great podcasts over there. John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting. He covers college recruiting like any, no, unlike anyone else in college football. Go check it out. Also, subscribe to the YouTube page. Hit that like button. Hit the notification bell. So every time we go live or drop something like we dropped something last night from yesterday's show with Coach Carl Reed, you'll know about it and get a chance to check it out. Leave comments, 
Leave five stars. Set it up for automatic download. We appreciate you. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Big game for the youngsters, the youth movement, the atmosphere was set up by Marcus Freeman. You already heard that he said he learned from preparation last year when he really didn't have time and he was coming in in the midst of a coaching change trying to get a team ready. Now he has more information and he feels more comfortable about how to properly prepare his team for a bowl game. And with the youth movement that he's been talking about leading up to this game that's been taking place in practices, and the competition that's been set, he talked about that atmosphere and how it continues to grow and get better. It's, again, you hope you create an atmosphere where young guys don't hesitate to ask questions because in order to grow, you got to ask questions because we're going to assume you know unless you ask those questions. But that's real life, right, And that some kids, their pride doesn't want them to be wrong. They don't want to show the people in that room that they don't know, and so they don't ask those questions. But... Um, you know, I, I like the the opportunity to have players lead video sessions because, you know, it shows those guys that are teaching, you know, what they know. It shows those guys that are in front of the room and saying, hey, here's what you need to do. It gives them some player some player led leadership and some experience for those guys that without coaches, they're always answering questions. So I, anytime that can happen, I always encourage it. So it's not only an atmosphere of communication and competition. But it is about the film room and being honest about what you don't know and what you need help in. And he's right. You know, young people really don't want to admit sometimes when they don't know, don't know something. And they want to go. That's, to the, hell, that's everybody. Yeah, it is everybody in life. Yeah. I'll raise my hand. I've done it. Yo, I hate being wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never like being wrong. Hard to admit it. It's whatever. But I think, uh, you know, the, the best thing about it is that it's player-led and you got players looking out for players. Whenever you get a, a energy like that around the team, I mean, some of it is self-correcting. I think Marcus Freeman laid a great foundation to kind of just step back and be like, I'm going to let it run on its own for a little bit. I'll come and check on it, you know, but let me let it set. You know, they say you can't take the cake right out. Right. You got to let that thing set for about 10 minutes. Right. Not that it ain't good, but it's got a set. You know, you know, did you did the hard part? Mix the eggs with the flour and the butter and the sugar and the, da -da 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 vanilla. Put the right amount of vanilla extract in it. You did the hard work. Let it set for a little bit and watch it come together even better. That's another food analogy. Brought <laughs> to you by the Lucky Lefty Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That one was an easy one, though. That was an easy one, though. Did I see you post a recipe for, like, a pepperoni spaghetti pizza or something the other day? Oh, it's a pepperoni pizza wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen listening on the podcast, if you could have seen his face when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. See, it's 2022. Is no reason, no reason that y'all should know how to cook, especially ladies out there. Look. See, Joe Easton said this. Pizza. There you go, Joe Easton. 
I might, I might do a chef review. I don't know about cooking too much. I'll do a chef review though. <laughs> you should do. You should definitely do something and call it the uh, lefties uh, dinner table. Cook around. Of course, lefties training table. Yeah, there you go. Lefties training table. Yeah, yeah, I love training table. We had it, but still miss it. Yeah, I don't know why the kid man. We used to have guys complain. About training, I said it's free food here. But options, <laughs> man, you don't trip it. See, that's 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 them spoiled cats. <laughs> that's a spoiled cats. Boy, I never missed the training table. Never took home all the time. My fridge was stacked with training table food. Now, was it different foods on different days, or pretty much the same thing? Man, Notre Dame did it right. They did it right. They said you want Mexican? Okay, we got Mexican. But, if but what was Coach food, Kelly you know, talking about then, man? Coach Kelly didn't eat the food because, you know, he... Coach Kelly was acting like you were getting cold cuts, bro. No. Okay. Teddy grams and quarter water juices. The only thing I will fix is that's what we got in between meals. You know what I mean? You go down to the players' lounge, get you some crusty, dusty cereals, some of them hard granola bars. You don't eat that shit, you know. (laughs) I was always breakfast time. Oh, they had the little omelet stations. And then we had the, the dinner table, you know, during especially during bowl game. Bowl game, the training table was phenomenal. So, you know, hopefully it got better for some of these kids, but there should be no weight issues on the Notre Dame football team. We should all be heavy set. <laughs> Notre Dame fans, LL Nation, the rumors have been dispelled by Lucky himself. That's right. And he was there seven years ago. And he said Notre Dame did them right. Oh, training, yeah. training table was off the chain. Off the chain. And it's like, okay, maybe it's maybe it's a little bland because they got to feed everybody. But, you know, you got your seasonings on deck. Bro, I went back to the Champaign campus earlier this year. And I used to have this spot called a Down Under. And that's where everybody went to kick it and eat. And then I went to the union where I used to eat when I was coming from classes that I had on the quad. Where they got all the uh, like the McDonald's and something like stuff like that. No, see, now you're doing too much because back in the day, it was none of that for us. <laughs> it was none of that for us, right? It was just a generic spot where this section was oh, the Mexican. This section was tacos and taco salads. This was the hamburgers and the cheeseburger. This is where you got your pizza. There was no name attached. I yeah. went downstairs. They, <laughs> I went into the building. They had a Chick-fil-A. Ooh. They had a Taco Bell. Oh, and they I'm commercialized. Like, and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, man. <laughs> what has happened? They don't have the lunch ladies cooking back there. No like, more these kids that. don't have to leave campus <laughs> to get Chick-fil-A? And then they had, and then the kids had the nerve to complain. Yeah, Man. that sounded like that sounded like it got a yes. submissions. It took yes. to Chick Fil A. Like Chick Fil A wasn't like let's go walk Chick Fil A. It's like all right, let's round up the boys. Marcel is right. I was highly offended, <laughs> highly offended that I had to walk three blocks to get a cheeseburger back in the oh, day. Man. By the way, you know they had great deals back then, so I'm not tripping. Yeah, they had great deals back then. Yeah, hell yeah. But come on, man. Times are good right now. No football player or college student should be complaining about food Hell in no, 2022. 
You see all the stuff they got at Notre Dame right now? They got the rock climbing wall where you can not only get food, you'll get the healthy food. Like food you can't find too many places in South Bend. You get it right on campus. Yeah. They're like, whoa. Yeah. Five-star theater, restaurant. <laughs> I totally agree. Hey, that's a young man that's going to be facing his home state team, and he's excited. And he spoke to the media over a week ago and said he was ready to kick butt. <laughs> and, uh, yo, Marcus Freeman talked about Jalen Sneed and what to expect and what he's seen from the young man. That has had the opportunity to develop, right? Those 10 practices, um, it was really uh, an opportunity for guys that need to develop to get the opportunity to get a lot of meaningful practice reps. And he's done a great job, played a couple different positions. And, uh, you know, and I think he'll do uh, some good things on Friday. Yeah. Marcus Freeman, looking forward to him doing some good things on Friday. He's already put it out there that his intention is to go out there and kick butt against South Carolina. I'll be watching for the number 17 on the screen. Yeah, and I think just just doing right. Just doing right, doing right, and and really, you know, put him out there. You got a kid that's going to play a little more motivated than everybody else. Not Maybe not better, you know, maybe whatever, but the energy that he's going to be able to give to the defense and the guys around him because mm -hmm. he's going to be playing with his hair on fire. It's only going to show why I believe He's going to be a player to look out for next year. And playing in front of the home crowd is nothing like it because it's like out of all the people there, you can always find where your people sitting at. <laughs> where you are in warm-ups, on the field, you make a play, you get a sack, you turn right around, you just know where they at. You just point to them, I see you. And that type of uh, community, that type of love that you get in the game, it makes you play better. It's a little more motivating. It's not just another boring bowl game. That we've been watching in all these in all these uh random days throughout the week. <laughs> they played on Tuesday, middle of the day, you know, people at work, they playing, you know. So I think this is a great opportunity to not let this game just slip by as just another bowl game, but as a game that means something for those younger players, but yeah. also for the quarterback position, man. We gotta see him, gotta see him flash. Sam Hartman should get a chance to watch what he's gonna be walking into with that offensive line. And the running backs just to dig into this game a little bit more. Notre Dame, 6-0 when they get over 150 yards rushing. That is going to be the target point against the South Carolina Gamecocks, who have not fared well against the run defensively. Their defensive backfield is pretty much their strength. They will be without one of their best secondary defenders that has opted out for the NFL but they still have enough in the defensive backfield to be aggressive. You feel like they're going to attack Notre Dame from the first snap and be yeah. very aggressive up front. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Notre, if I'm South Carolina, the game plan, I've only got three or four plays, and three of them are blitzes. <laughs> what? You got a kid that hasn't played all season and is injury prone, and then a kid behind him who 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 knows? Who knows? I'm not saying he's bad, but damn it. You know, for instance, for Kenny Minchie, we're expecting Kenny Minchie to be able to play by the end of next year. Yeah. This is Angelic's second year. It ain't in sniffing backup roles right now. So what can you do with that? So if I'm South Carolina, I'm like, oh, this is an easy game plan. We just got to be aggressive. We got to be physical. And and just attack, attack the dude. Yeah. 
Make them make throws. Make the quarterbacks beat us. Let, let Tyler Buckner have 400 yards and I go across and shake his hand and be like, you got us today. But I'm dying on selling out on the run. Yeah. Sort of like how Ohio State did versus Michigan. I don't know if they tried to do that, but they sold out on the run and gave them big one-on-one plays down the field. I can live with that if I'm South Carolina. Yeah, I can live with that. Just, okay, if you beat us over the top, then good. You haven't done it all year. So I think it will be a almost like a trap game for Tyler Buckner if he doesn't get comfortable fast. Because if they hit home with a couple blitzes early, it's going to be a long game. It's going to be a long game. Yeah. Hopefully, once again, they're able to go 150. They're 6-0 when they go over 150. 7-1 when they go over 130 in rushing yards in Notre Dame. Uh, the challenge on the flip side is you have a quarterback in Spencer Rattler who has to do everything offensively for South Carolina that turns the ball over a lot. Notre Dame, unfortunately, has only been able to create multiple turnover games three times all season defensively. So what gives? Will Notre Dame be able to take advantage of the opportunities they're probably going to get from Spencer Rattler in the South Carolina offense? Or will the lack of ability to rush the passer, passer because of Isaiah Foskey's absence and Jason Adamiola is going to give it a go he's recovering from injury has been doing so pretty much the last half of the season Cam Hart is down so we'll see we'll see South Carolina has really nice receivers man really nice receivers they'll be down two of their tight ends so it's going to be a challenge offensive line of South Carolina not the best in the SEC you can put pressure on Spencer Rattler and we know Al Golden loves the blitz because he will linebacker fire, safety fire all game long. Hopefully he picks the right combinations that won't leave the secondary and the safeties in Notre Dame exposed too much against a hot quarterback in Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Rattler is going to present a challenge that we talked about earlier. I mean, the man is very naturally talented, but he's going to be talented enough. He's going to give that defense opportunities to come up with some turnovers. So – He's probably going into it a little more loose than usual. So bowl game, he's had some hot games to end the season with. So he's going to take a little bit more chances, especially not having his go-to guys like his tight end that both transferred. That's a little interesting. So, you know, he's going to have to find other people to get the ball to, which is going to make him a little uncomfortable, which is going to give us chances to get some turnovers. And I think if we could just stay above the turnover ratio, I think we have a good chance of winning. So once again, Friday, 2.30 Central Time. Oh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Notre Dame, South Carolina. It's going to be exciting to watch this one and see what Notre Dame can do. Marcus Freeman did announce that Tyler Buckner will get the start. He is QB1 for the bowl game. And uh, Stephen Jelly will wait to get his turn if things aren't going the way Notre Dame and Tommy Reese want them to go with Tyler Buckner. Uh, let's yeah, talk really, about. Go ahead, love. Really interested to see how that dynamic is going to work out. Are they pulling Tyler quick if he go in there and throw a pick first play, or are they going to let it play first half, second half? Like how they first drive, second drive, third drive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they do this, but I definitely think that both of them are going to get chances to to take hold of that QB spot going into the spring 
and and being the challenger, because I think one of them is going to be the challenger for Sam Hartman. It may not be long, but you need one of them to be at least, hey, you ain't just walking in as just roses and daisies. It might it might smell nice and it might look nice, but damn it, I'm going to put on a fight. <laughs> well, I think we both put Sam Hartman on the list of best things about Notre Dame football in 2022. I think the next thing that we'll put in our top three is definitely this entire coaching staff. You take the good with the bad, right? Uh, if you want to complain about Al Washington, then you have to be ecstatic about the development you saw from your head coach, Marcus Freeman. You have to be ecstatic about what you saw from Brian Mason and this special teams unit, right? You have to be ecstatic at how you saw the development of this offensive line on the Harry Heat stand and what you're hearing about the young offensive linemen and what they're doing and how they're challenging to get playing time in the bowl practices. You have to love it, right? James Laronitis, Marcus Freeman talked about it. The reason Sneed has come on the way he has in the development is because James Laronitis and the work that he's put in with not only Sneed, but Ziegler, Tula Maka, and the rest of those young linebackers and the rest of the linebackers at Notre Dame, Press Colley included. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, you had a staff that was put together rather quickly. They showed up in recruiting. They showed up. And they showed up on the field. All right? Eight and four. That's what development looks like. Yeah. Eight and four. Got, yeah. Not just your head coach. You got a, a, a guy that hangs around the office that just so happens mm -hmm. to be a superstar linebacker himself on top of having a great defensive coordinator that you can pick his brain off of as much as possible. So those linebackers have gotten the full treatment. If you ain't getting it from Marcus Freeman, you're getting it from James Larry Nye. If you ain't getting it from James Lane Linus, getting it from Al Gold. And that constant uh, communication and relationship that they build is why the linebacking core is going to be one of the best units on the team, and it should be. If Marcus Freeman the head coach, I would. Shoot. If I would be the head coach, and the quarterbacks will be the best on the team for sure. Like, we're not taking a backseat to any other unit because that's a reflection of me. You know, that's a reflection of me. I think Marcus Freeman took it very seriously. Yeah. And understood the role that he had to play as the head coach, but also be able to find a role for a guy to not neglect what he came into Notre Dame and why I was coaching linebacker. So he, he he surrounded himself with enough cushion to be able to say, hey, we're still developing the linebackers, even though I'm overseeing everything. And I think that's the same script that the quarterback should follow. <laughs> think yeah. about how good Purdue is going to be in not only this bowl game, but next year, they just got Drew Brees just hanging around, just running practices, just QB coaching guys, just saying stuff here and there. But that's the that's the best resource on campus. Yeah, Huston Carr should definitely be a much better quarterback. Huston Carr is going to look 30 times better just having Drew around. We ain't saying Drew's not calling the plays, you know, where a guy like Tommy may take offense to, oh, he's stepping away. Drew don't call no damn plays. Drew over there saying, hey, you got to do this. You know, maybe do this, try this. I saw how you did this, fix this. Those are the things that we that we could benefit from in a development portion when it comes to quarterbacks. It's too hard to do it by yourself, Tommy. Yeah. Because, damn it, if you're going to do it, do the, the best you can to scoring points. 
Leave the development to God. I can develop them. There's nothing wrong with sharing some of that because you can't be in two places at once, especially if you ain't bringing in no superstars to begin with. <laughs> if, if you're not bringing in no Bryce Young, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, you know, first round, day one, Jameis Winston type of guys, then you're going to have to have something of a development portion to where you're spending time with them, not calling them. It just got to be a whole week of just, we just working this footwork, this technique, this quick game, this pass drop, this rollout, this, all this other stuff that we have to work on. You're not getting that attention to detail when you only have one guy on there and he's doing everything. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It's, you know, kids, just like people, we need a lot. We're very complex individuals. It's not just, oh, call a play, you should run it. You got to teach them how, you got to teach them why, you got to teach them the footwork, got to teach them the timing, you got to teach them the blocking, got to teach them the hot routes, got to teach them technique, how to throw it, maybe a sidearm, maybe a over the top. Things that as an offensive coordinator, you're like, look, this is the play and this is how we're going to run it versus this coverage. Right. It's your job. Bring in a, a nice, handsome black man like me. Go in there and, and 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 raise the ceiling of the quarterback room, not the floor. The ceiling of the quarterback is different. You look up for the ceiling. You look down. <laughs> oh man! And then after we go, Sam Hartman, coaching staff. Man, you have to say the youth movement, the Morrison kid, and seeing these young guys come in being part of special teams and Brian Mason in that special team unit. There's a lot, right, going into the end of this year to be thankful for about this season, even though Notre Dame ended up 8-4, waiting to see the outcome of this bowl game. It's a lot to be excited about with this program. And uh, Braden Lindsay makes the list of some of the <laughs> – oh, man – I know people didn't think we were, man, absolutely Braden Lindsay. Braden Lindsay, one of the best things all year long. Yes. His takes are just so authentic because they were real. You know, he didn't give a real take like how, uh, who was that? Deion Cosley was saying, we hungry, you know, get out there. He gave authentic takes like, man, listen. (laughs) It might not have been the best thing to say. But, man, let me tell you, boy. He spoke his mind, for sure. Yo, that dude, his release package video. <laughs> but, that was, but that was authentically his excitement about where he's going. And Chancey Stuckey, yep. And Ch- that's he couldn't fake that. No. He probably didn't even know what release packages were until Chancey Stuckey got. That's probably one of them, them, uh, them hot words that Chancey Stuckey kept saying in the meeting a hundred times. And he was like, man, he walked out of that meeting like. Yo, that cat Avery Davis told you he was on YouTube looking at release packages before Chance he got there. And that is a damn shame because how does that happen at a school like Notre Dame? Oh, man. Yo. And people halfway. But that speaks to why we need a quarterback coach even more. You got guys teaching themselves. And that's a receiver room. They ain't even talking about the quarterback room because the quarterback room need a little more attention. The receiver room with the coach in there wasn't good enough. 
So it's important to fit your staffs with guys who can raise the ceiling of your room, not the floor. Freaking Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones would look like <laughs> Golden Tate at Notre Dame, man. Charlie Jones would have been a man. <laughs> oh, man. And last but not least, the home win against Clemson. It's just one of the best things. Like, after the disappointed, you needed a moment like that. That was huge for recruiting. Not to get guys, but to retain guys. The vibe, the feeling it gave the recruits that were there that night. Make them feel like, yeah, you made the right decision. Yeah, Marcus Freeman needed a moment for his first season, and he got it at home against Clemson. So those are the, the best things about Notre Dame football in 2022. I look forward to talking about 2023. Open period starts in January. We start building on the 24 class that is already all to a tremendous start offensively. It's the inverse of the 22 class that got off to a great start defensively. The offense played catch-up. It seems like the defense is going to have to play catch-up because offensively the 24 class is scorching right now. And they might be adding another receiver in another week or two, but you ain't heard that from me. Man, more receivers are better, man. We need to have too many receivers just for a year. A year or two, just give us too many to where we like, man. We got too many damn receivers because that will be that way. Throw that football, yeah. <laughs> that means we telling these receivers in the, in the in the in the recruitment portal, hey man, we're gonna throw it a lot. So you know, come here and catch these balls, but it's too late. Look, so we get Jaden Greyhouse, mm-hmm. Raylan James. I mean, legit receivers that. We could have lost to any school with a with a quarterback dynamic enough, but I think Sam Hartman saved a lot in the minds of the receivers, where they're thinking a little bit more confidently going into spring and fall camp and next year that okay, we got a little life raft. We ain't gotta we ain't gotta work twice as hard to get twice as less. Right, <laughs> right, right. Nobody, nobody at a party. Hates a bad DJ worse than the dudes, right? And you got a bad DJ, that means the females aren't dancing, bro. No, and they're not there. They're not there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And they, the DJ they, they back in the bathroom having powwow and talking about whatever. Just facts. Even hanging out there. Facts, facts. And you know, I don't know what level of DJ you might feel Sam Hartman is coming into this party. But hey, all right, he's better than the previous DJ. I'm thinking high school senior prom DJ. You know? He might be a little bit better than that, dude. He well, might first be college, first college house party. You know, I would see be. that. So those are, those are some of the best DJs, boy. Those are some of the best parties too. The first ones when you don't know any better and you come yeah. from that high school level. He start hearing see, new songs. You like who is that? And you see the best of the best from different areas coming to your school. You know, as far as the ladies. Oh yeah. Yeah, you lose your absolute mind. <laughs> mind. That's what Sam Hartman's probably going to do when he comes in and sees this offensive line and these running backs and these wide receivers like, be like oh, man, I'm about to go crazy. He's like, man, let me dig the crates. I got something for y'all. Yeah, boy. I got some albinos. You, you got albinos? That <laughs> <laughs> dude, he, he said, I use Serato at Wake Forest. I'm going to have to use the real turntables at Notre Dame. Oh, I'm about to take it back. 
I got something. I got something to get y'all on the dance floor to get these wide receivers going. Good hell yeah. And yes, that's, sir. That's all they want. You know, I think we've been on that same playlist for too long. You know, we ran out of moves on, on some of them songs. So Sam Hartman has a bigger opportunity for himself that he can make a great opportunity for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But I still don't believe that this quarterback is making the Notre Dame team better. You know, so <laughs> let's get through these super chats, bro. Jason Hewlett, thank for the super chat. TV finna have more carries than estimate. <laughs> the bowl game. They'll be competing for carries and shit. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Jason Hewlett said, "Luck, you need a cooking show." Love I'm gonna have to invest season. in that, man. I've been getting a lot of uh, comments about my my food selection, so I'm gonna have to uh, get on that. <laughs> Jason Hewlett, Super Chat, question. Would you say CJ has better pocket movement than Kenny, but Kenny has better touch than CJ? Oh, shit. I mean, it's hard in high school, man. You don't know if they playing Children of the Deaf and Blind or they playing that's, top of the top. So. That's what Coach Reed said yesterday, right? Quarterback and defensive back in high school are the hardest positions to really. Now, touch, I think Kenny got him on the touch because I think Kenny's more touch than anything. But CJ has great varying footballs. He can throw it one, he can throw it two, he can throw it three. He got all three levels. I think Kenny has all three levels, but Kenny just has a, a – he just kisses the football to the receiver, and I think that's a special talent. I don't think that gives him the, the best arm or the strongest arm, but in terms of getting it in the, the tight spaces and really – giving his receiver to, uh, a chance to run after the catch, that's what you're looking for. I would love to recruit quarterbacks that can give receivers run after the catch and not throwing it to where it's stopping a momentum or throwing it behind them or throwing it low or too high when they got to jump. You hit them right in the pocket where they don't change their stride. Kenny's more like that than what CJ is. CJ just going to be accurate. He's going to be more of an exciting quarterback to watch. But I think Kenny's the perfect fit for what you need to help distribute the football to guys that are way more talented. CJ's an exciting player. I think the offense will evolve evolve a lot more around CJ than Kenny. I think Kenny's more of like, look, we got these great plays we have schemed up this week. I need you to hit that post when we call it. I need you to hit that out on third down. I need you to get some of these drag and mesh concepts in, in tough situations to be completed. So we can give our guys chances to get more yards. CJ's like, okay, we look at the score for you. And you're gonna have, you're gonna be involved in every point. <laughs> Let's go out there and, and legacy our way down the field and score touchdowns. So I think it's a nice balance of the two, but it just comes back to how is Tommy gonna make it? I've never known Tommy to cook good food. But damn it, that's the ingredients. At least you can fail in a delicious way. Yeah. I got Dave Mont, Mr. Food Lover. Can we get a best of videos of Lucky Lefty? Hey, we might have to make that a cut up, man. I might have to do a cut up, a five minute cut up. Because that's a lot. That's a lot to go through. We got like 400 episodes. Man, I'll give like the best, the best of. That would be crazy. A best of would be nice. That might be good for the. 
LL Nation out there. Yeah, I agree with you, Freddie Robinson. Our quarterback room is okay, but not great. Yeah, it's definitely not great. Shit, you only had it. We only added one guy. Talking about for this year, we only added yeah. one. And Kidney still got to prove himself. Shit, and Jelly still got to prove himself. Tyler Buckner still got to prove himself. So we have a more unproven room than a good room. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Paulus, thank you. As always, SD has to start rocking those six ND hoodies. First of all, it's five. Don't start building on the number. It's five. And I have to, I have to space them out, man. You're going to get plenty of polo and plenty of Lacoste. You already know that. Yeah, Lacoste and polo are 100%. You already know that. That's 100%. You have to space out the ND hoodies, man. I just can't rock them back to back to back to back. Some of them have to make it into 2023 being unseen, my man. Yeah. I hear that. Look, you got to yeah. save for the season, man. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Man, bro, great show today. Uh, we talked about Marcus Freeman. We talked about Sam Harvin, his impact and what he would bring and how the impact of Notre Dame's pro-style offense and the talent around him will make him better and help him out as far as the scouts in the NFL. Then we talked about Marcus Freeman and his comments about the press conference, and we delved into the best things about Notre Dame football in 2022. It was great because of LL Nation. The chat was on fire, as usual. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, and Conjunctual Irish Breakdown. Man, you already know we spent it different. You know what time it is, left. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction. Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Man, the media, right? Because the way this thing was supposed to go, uh, Sam Hartman, look, we knew, what, two weeks ago, left, that Sam Hartman was the dude? Yeah. At least over a week ago. It was even before the story was broken about Eric Hansen. Yeah, we knew Sam Hartman was the dude. Um, Tommy spent a lot of time in the state of North Carolina when he was looking for a transfer quarterback. I'll just leave it at that. And it's funny because Tommy was only looking in one place. <laughs> no, oh, well, yeah. I mean, he could stay in North Carolina and find two or three options, though. That was, uh, that was the thing uh, about Two it. options, that's right. Right. But – you know, we knew it was coming. And, you know, the media always jumps the gun, dude. Just everybody has to be first. Like, the kid didn't want to announce until after the bowl game, so he wouldn't be a distraction. Notre Dame didn't want it to happen because they didn't want it to be a distraction to their guys. And, of course, the media just has to do what they do. You know, the media can only do so much of what whoever's telling them, yeah, that's it. That's the move. Well, the point is somebody in the building is leaking the information. Probably, the head, probably, you know who. You know, somebody in the building is leaking the information. So, 
or somebody, somebody on his side is leaking the information. But sometimes I want that credit. That's all. Dude, just let let people have their moments. That's let people have it. My good grief, man! Now this dude is forced. He he wanted to enter the portal after the game. Now he's forced to jump into the portal today. Officially, it's it's ridiculous, man. Look, these airports put them on a the petty train, man. Because <laughs> dude, these baggage claims. I think that's a manufactured thing. Because it somehow, in the grand scheme of things, generates more money somehow. I just feel like there's no way that y'all you know, right on time. Y'all know this coming. Hey, dude. You know the holidays is coming. Ain't no way y'all should be that out of whack. Weather is the uh, mother nature always throws a wrench in the best laid plans. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Can I put the Chicago Bulls on the petty train, man? Hey, I got waxed yesterday. By the, bleep, by the bleeping Houston Rockets, bro. <laughs> that had Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green looking like future All-Stars, boy. Man, cat, boy, that cat Kevin Porter Jr. had Vucevic on skates all night long. He had that dude breakdancing. <laughs> had that dude look like Ozone. Boogaloo Shrimp. So that's that just shows the inconsistency, man. Y'all just inconsistent. Man, the best game of the weekend. Is going to be watching Joe Burrow walk Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs into that number one seed. Oh, you know, yeah, right. First of all, don't talk, don't talk about Joe like that. He's 3 0. You talk to Josh Allen like that. No, no, no. I didn't say anything about him. I said he's going to beat Buffalo and oh, walk the Chiefs into the number one seed. <laughs> That's all I said. I do not want to see anything Josh Allen. In the playoffs, I just well, you well, as it sets up, more than likely, Cincinnati's going to be the two or three seed, and Buffalo might end up being a two seed. So they're going to have to play each other. You have to whoop them. <laughs> I was overrated, and I don't really know who to put on the petty train. But once again, this two a situation. Look, man, hey, obviously this dude needs to sit down right now. Yeah. Because he, he falls too crazy. You know how some dudes just fall crazy? Like, oh, you, you dangerous. When, a, when you cannot find the hit that did it in a game, and this dude is just falling like anybody else from a tackle, it might be time to uh, allow his little peanut to heal up. Give it an offseason. Because, I mean, they were trending downward with him anyway. Yeah. They were already on a losing streak. So well, they, they're trying played, to... they played a tough team in San Francisco that started it. Oh, you mean the same San Francisco team that Patrick Mahomes lit up? See, Without yeah. Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying. See. Either you can play or you can't. That's all I'm saying. Make up your mind. Okay. Make up your mind. I wasn't trying to be funny there either with his concussions. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm just saying. Make up your mind, man. Make up your mind. And last but not least, yo, did you see this, man? Um, it's crazy. It's going viral. And I usually stay away from things like this, but you know me, bro. I look, there were two uh young kids, teenagers, over in South Africa, man, this weekend. And yeah. uh 
I don't know if they weren't allowed to be in the swimming pool or people just upset they were in the swimming pool. Grown men literally came over and tried to drown one of the young men. Literally put his head in the headlock and put his head under the water. Come on, man. That's what we're gonna put hate on the petty train today. And let's let's hopefully everybody that watches us and that's in the chat could put their best foot forward from this day forward, man. And um, we say it all the time to each other. Like, I don't care what you say or what your opinion is. Respect each other and love on each other in the chat. That's right. And continue to do the same thing in life, man. Like, it's just wasted energy because there's so many other great things as people that we can do to make life better, not only for ourselves, but for everyone that's coming after us to partake of the same energy, air, technology, and uh, things we've been afforded in life. So put hate on the petty train. Just no no room for it, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Great show. Be happy about 2022. Just confirmed either Friday or Saturday, Virginia Tech transfer wide receiver Caleb Smith is going to be on with us either Friday before the bowl game or we're going to do a special Saturday show with him, depending on, you know, he's moving. He had to move out of his old apartment, and now they're trying to find a new spot. That's right. In South Bend. Luxury. Luxury. Eddie Street. That's what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to text him right now. Malik said... Grab a spot on Eddie Street. Yeah. That right there. Conversation between Malik Zaire and Kayla Smith right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Man. Hey, we love you guys, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another great edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great day. But most of all, you got to make sure that you spend it different. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.